Hey, this is a good question. Welcome back. <laughs> Great to have you here. We want to talk about whatever's on your mind while you're here. You may notice Sharon Jeffries subscribed to us last. Why don't you become that last subscriber? Please like and subscribe our, to our channel. It's what helps the machinery go. If you are subscribed, click the bell or else you'll never know anyway when we release a video. So do that. That would be great. Uh, all the questions we answer today, I guess answer may be a strong word, but we're going to try. Respond to. <laughs> yeah. Respond. We will make noise based on them. And they all come from you right now live in the chat. So write those in and it will come out through the, the magic of computers too our panel here. My name is Curtis Childs, and I'm the host. This is Cara Dom, Latin consultant for the NCE, mm -hmm. and then Chelsea Odner, writer yep. for Swedenborg and Life. And hey, thanks everybody. so much. Great to have you both here. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Curtis. I'm in it's the mood to, to do some question and, and thought uh, creation. Uh, and before we get there, though, we have an exciting announcement, which is that if you're in Tucson, we're going to be in Tucson. Well, our friend Dr. Jonathan Rose is going to be there. You can join him March 21st at the Sunrise Chapel for an afternoon with Dr. Jonathan Rose. He'll talk about what's going on with the NCE Translation Project, what's going on with Off the Left Eye, RSVP with our Director of Development, Tim Bilger. You can see his email address there. You can see his phone number there. He's in the chat right now, so just talk to him. Or if you're watching this in post, leave a comment. If you're there, we'd love to have uh, you get to hang out with Dr. Jonathan Rose for a little bit. Okay. Yep. And, I, and I've been to Sunrise Chapel, and it's a beautiful place. It is. It, so it's a really nice... Uh, land area that it has and beautiful buildings and stuff. So if you have a chance to go, it's worth it just for that. Just yeah. for that. I mean, what, that, that. You're starting so high, whatever yeah. he says cannot drag you yeah. down <laughs> that far. Okay, so as we're going here, you'll also notice that we have a little donation meter here. Last time we hit our goal, and when we do hit our goal, it means you get 15 minutes extra question time. So as you donate here, you'll see us creep up to that. And if you all want us to talk longer, we'll know by the donations. Okay, come on. Everyone's like, it's been 15 minutes. You haven't taken a question yet. Yeah. Let's take our first one. All right. What is it? This is popcorn and peanuts. Mm. Do we progress to higher levels of perfection in heaven? When? In case you're watching for the first time and wondering what sort of show is this, that's the sort of show. And how do we know? Is. How would we have any way of knowing? Yeah, yeah. right, right. Well, <laughs> well, sweet, Swedenborg wrote some books. Swedenborg, go watch all the rest of the videos. Yeah. Okay, so do we progress to higher levels of perfection in heaven when? If we're talking about <clears throat> heaven is a sort of a state we aspire to, right? And there's a life after death, but we, we know it's better than what's here. But then, is that it? Do you, do you bump up and stay there? And if you do progress, by what means and, and related to that, what triggers that? So what do you guys think? Yeah. Well, I mean, Swedenborg does certainly write that we, it's, it's sort of an endless perfe perfection that we're in in our eternal lives and that that growth happens in the spiritual world and just continues that way for each of us. Um, and, and it's infinitely, you know, vast in terms of how, like, there's no end point, really, it seems like. Um, it's, uh, you know, we can continue to be progressing. And, you know, it's like, we're getting closer to the Lord, because progressing in perfection is really just how close we are to the Lord. And so that, um, that can keep going forever. Yeah, we you look at the progression of the spirit, while we're alive here. So like the, the body, sure, like it hits its peak and then it seems like it's going down. But the spirit or the you know the wisdom mm -hmm. and the, the love we have, we continue to develop. You get you get wiser, you get to understand more things and 
that goes in all these increments triggered by all kinds of things in life. So that trajectory has got to continue, right? What do you think, Clara? Yeah, I'm just thinking about, um, I love what Swedenborg writes about how we all have a a use to serve in heaven and that whatever that is Mm. for any of us, I'm sure, is going to be um, spurring on our spiritual growth because Mm. um, living the truth becomes good and then we we understand more truth from from serving and from having goodness in our lives so i i'm just thinking of the spiral of good becomes truth becomes good becomes truth mm-hmm. becomes right. truth and that we gain more wisdom as we're putting our own um god-given gifts to use however that manifests That's cool. in the spiritual world That's sort yeah. of it says that like how it's happening you know yeah like, yeah yeah oh yeah. you just it just happens to you it's like no because you're sort of like doing something and yeah it, and right, it gives right. That. i'm being reminded that like um with the question of when uh you know the in- interesting thing swedenborg says about people um crossing like uh going through it i mean it's weird and i know we've touched on it in some of our shows but people going through some sort of a, a death even or something or like a like really they seem to pass from one state to another and that might be some sort of a level shift. Mm. Um, you know, mm. I'm trying to remember Karen, I know is, um, she's not able to be, uh, in the, well, she might be in the chat, but not here with she's us, in but I know I that, saw her yeah, right but, then. Um, anyway, that, that I know we've touched on that in some shows. Um, cause in our show on a spiritual body, because that describes how we actually change, um, you know, something really happens to us as we, progress in these levels Mm. yeah and we sort of think of this life as having the real drama to it and the real uh contrast and and we really go through big changes here like you go from being a baby to being Mm -hmm. a person but according to swedenborg that all the real stuff goes on in the next life Mm. we have just as much change and just as much meaning happening if that's going if it really is going on forever you you, you're going to have these punctuated changes like you're talking about. And I was thinking about um, what you were saying, the, the use that you can perform gets better and better. Think about the progression of the human race just from a technological standpoint mm-hmm. and how that's just absolutely, you can see the arc of it across history. And if, let's say, you're part of what your use was, what you love to do is help connect people. So back a thousand years ago, maybe you could walk from village to village. Maybe not a thousand years ago, twenty thousand years ago. You can walk from village to village. You can bring something with you. And now, if you love connecting people, we're designing these electronic yeah. programs that can shoot all over the world. And so, as the human race progresses, you could probably get more and more into your particular use that that would let yeah. you get more and more perfect and all that. Uh, did uh, I'm not sure if you were addressing this, Chelsea, but. Swedenborg describes these like three sort of levels of heaven, the earthly heaven, the spiritual heaven, the heavenly heaven. And I don't know about, do we break through those barriers? It's, I I sort of have a sense that we don't, that we're sort of innately one way, like we belong in one of those levels in which we can keep progressing forever. But I don't know if we break through to... And that's one of those interesting things where I, it's one of those things where it's like different when you wade into different parts of what Swedenborg writes that you kind of get a slightly different picture. It's hard mm. to get a clear like, is it exactly this way that he says it? Or so I remember researching for the spiritual body show and it just seeming to really sort of describe like this. You can go through this whole change 
Okay. But okay. but is that because that person is progressing to that level? But it can, it's happening after death because he does seem to also describe what you're saying of like there's a certain limit that we reach through our life in this world, but we are we progress eternally within that mm-hmm. yeah, vessel right. of ourselves or something. Okay. Yeah. I want to think about like I might be able to get really better and better and better and better skin. But does it ever turn into the liver? Like it's it can progress, <laughs> it can progress in in itself infinitely. But it's it's yeah. you, everyone's got their unique contribution to make. Right. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Right. And I don't know about that. Yeah. The, the spiritual heavenly. The answer is who knows. Probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would think if, if if we're really talking about like spiritual level being only partially open to the Lord, I can't see how you could go eternity without ever getting fully right. full. Like, without realizing the full potential of connection. So, all right. Well, hey, that's a great question, Popcorn and Peanuts. Thanks very much. And let's, uh, let's honor that by doing another question. This is from Robert T. Rode. Luke 4, 16 to 24, extends from the Lord's reading of Isaiah to his utterance that no prophet is accepted in his own country. What does Swedenborg mean when he says, when he says understanding these passages is more likely outside the church? Hmm. So, there is a time at which Swedenborg seems to be indicating that his, what do you want to call it, like um, upgrade on or new philosophy of Christianity um, or, or life, uh, that the, the truths that are around what he calls the new church, it's going to be more difficult for people who are steeped in the pre-existing Christian mm-hmm. tradition that shares a vocabulary with it and has doctrinal differences now more difficult for them to accept it than people who have no prior exposure mm. and maybe come across the teachings. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think? Is that is that something that he that he seems to indicate is true? And uh, and so what does that mean for us if we have a, a Christian background? Can we not understand what what Swedenborg's getting at? Yeah, I do think like what you're setting up that I think there's a it's more difficult or set like that that Swedenborg describes how having having ideas or false ideas or you know ways of thinking that are really um you know deeply rooted in yourself then it's really hard to change out of that those sorts of um beliefs and whether it's religious beliefs or just you know perceptions of yourself like we know that it can be really hard to change the way you um think but so so it just makes sense that if uh it reminds me of the um you know not putting new wine in old wineskins or something mm. like just that there's this, uh, some, something needs to break down for this new thing to have a space to, to be able to sort of flourish. And, um, but just because it's harder doesn't mean it's impossible, you know? Right. But cause you ha- so if Swedenborg certainly has this habit of taking terms that appear all over the place, but, but also within Christianity and, and redefining them or, or, or sticking a new meaning inside them. And I could see you could potentially clash with that because you feel like, well, you're, you're, rather than it just starting from scratch, you're, you're telling me there's a, there is a trinity, but it's a different trinity mm-hmm. that, that even though it may be something that to me seems more intuitive, it's going, going right at that. But isn't it true that Dr. Jonathan Rose, series editor, says that while Swedenborg does make the case earlier in his published works that it's going to be more difficult for Christians. He talks about, okay, the new church will have to grow in Africa and Asia. Mm -hmm. Um, But then later he seems to have come around to feel like, no, there really is the potential for people who have a Christian tradition to to joyfully 
get into these mm. ideas. He seems to change yeah. his perspective, right? And so much, I mean, like the publication of True Christianity, that's like, was the very end of, very near the end of Swedenborg's life, 1770, I think, or something, and died in 72. Mm-hmm. And um, and so uh, that's that's like, one big argument for the for the Christian for Christianity of his day, you know, like, and so he's using he's sort of wrestling with all of the ideas and going head on with them, sort of like, why would you spend your time arguing with something with some idea if you're not addressing the people who think that way? You know, it would be like a useless, you know, time spent. But he, but that's how we have the book True Christianity, you know, and so yeah. um, that there was definitely a value there. Um, yeah, and you see both. I mean, do, doing what we do on YouTube and putting Swedenborg's ideas out there, you definitely see both. There's there's people who, you know, come in f- without any kind of Christian principles, and right away, or oh, this Swedenborg stuff is cool. You have like um, D.T. Suzuki and, and authors saying, oh, look, Swedenborg actually to me has a pretty Buddhist uh, mm-hmm. underpinning here. But then you have other people. I was thinking there was somebody who, to her, that the concept of the Trinity was what really changed her life because because mm. she had grown up with the concept of the Trinity that could, she couldn't sync with uh, a loving God but also a rational God and it bothered her and this was like a missing piece so yeah. you really do have both. some I'm there, I was touched there's been people who have said like this this Swedenborg stuff allows me to um, go to the Bible again yeah yes. I was I just reading the text of the Bible this is just weird and this is Hey, Jereen Barrett, Barrett, thank you so much for your donation. We appreciate you very much. You're the first donor uh, in our donor thing, and they will show up here soon, and we'll see how close to our goal we get, and I really much appreciate it. Um, that, they, that they said that, um, that they can get back to the, sort of a, a faith that they felt something good in, but they were feeling like this isn't, this I have too many ethical issues with this. So mm-hmm, we right. see both happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been amazed um, as one of the, team that responds to viewer comments um there's a bunch of people out there who do not like this idea that god is a loving or or they've thought but they've been taught that god is angry that's it he doesn't want people in heaven unless they totally toe the line in some very specific way and so some of our shows are very upsetting to them and that's an example of um, however their mindset has been developed in whatever church they're in, um, that they are having trouble, like, making the switch to a loving God who is on our side and it's that we are really making our own spiritual choices. And yeah, it's just, it's interesting to see it in real black and white every day right. on, in the comments. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and we'd love to hear your comments, whether you're watching now or later. What's, what's it been like from you coming from... If you've got some interest in Swedenborg, how have the principles you were living by previously meshed or clashed or anything in between with that? Okay, let's do another question. So this next one is from John Wegar. Here, I feel we may acquire a programmed sense of what is beautiful or attractive to us through association. Does beauty recognition unfold differently there? Do we still car- carry our personalized lens? So is there is there something that is ob- objectively this is beautiful or is it cultural or what and and, how, and and is the same thing that seems beautiful here beautiful there so yeah. that's a great question um, the NDE people sure report seeing beauty yes I, I, right. I, right 
yeah. that you're just all blown away with what, but I don't know what, <laughs> how that compares to beautiful here, except for it's indescribably beautiful, they say, yeah. Yeah. as does Swedenborg talk about the indescribable nature of it all. And he definitely, like, beauty, I think he describes spiritually being, um, you know, like the marriage of love and wisdom or goodness and truth together, and that when those are that, the any any reflection of that marriage is what is beautiful in mm-hmm. in the spiritual world but there's so much variety you know like that obviously there's like infinite variety to what that marriage can look like even you know um not necessarily between two people but like just within a person or within objects how they reflect sort of this infinite wisdom and that's rooted in love um and uh and so that seems to be this like objective you know like that's mm. just the measure of what's beautiful in a way and yet we can and do still carry our own personalized lens um that that's a lot of like there's just that's so much of what uh Swedenborg's spiritual experiences describe is um things appearing a certain way and then like the light of heaven comes in and reveals what they really are and so and then what they really are might is often is that some appearance of beauty has been put over something that really isn't essentially beautiful or like has a sort of distorted um you know something going on and so that that's uh so there's this play going on where there is some sort of things are can be beautiful or not so there's sort of some objective measure of what that is and yet uh appearances are still going on all the time and people are able to project you know what um uh different ways that they look or that things look and and even as a mercy so that people can be doing and interacting or whatever in things that they love even if they aren't actually that great like in terms of his experiences of what he witnesses in hell and stuff like that so yeah it does seem like they're part of what the the lens that you have there if you're progressing into the heavenly state of mind is that you can still perceive what's outer beauty but it's really doesn't matter to you like inner beauty that Swedenborg just piggybacking on what you were Mm -hmm. saying that he'll say I saw these people and they seemed like they were attractive but when you look in the light of heaven they 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 look really ugly and the reason for that being that in the light of heaven there's there's no separating morality from beauty everything right. that the marriage of goodness and truth you're talking about that's beautiful because that is the the the, the holy of holy that is the that is the lord's ability to do good things to people comes through marriage of goodness and truth and the, even all the beautiful surroundings that surround angels the the gardens and and meadows and things are reflections of a mind rightly ordered mm-hmm. or or of mm-hmm. a of a heart with the right priorities in it so he will talk about yeah there's you always going to have that appearance, but in in the mindset of heaven, you you just don't care about the appearance because you want something that's consistent. So part of the beauty is the knowledge of this looks beautiful and is beautiful, right. and that's what moves you rather mm-hmm. than this this has the outward characteristics of beauty, but mm. it's not doing something beautiful. The right. mindset of heaven sees those all at once, you know. Um, and that's why, like, yeah, he has a conversation with angels of them appreciating the things that are around them in their environments where they're living and saying that they don't uh sure they're beautiful but what's really beautiful to us is the sort of meaning that they're like not even like the meaning that they're drawing out of it that actually speaks directly to their spiritual life or something like the way Mm. that it reflects it helps them uh, you know just to even look at something and think about it like in the way that 
So that's interesting because we think about like, is art is something like a painting on the wall, beautiful just because of the way it looks, but is that beauty actually some sort of a relationship that you're having to the piece in terms of how it's impacting you and what it's getting you to think about? And, um, and so in that way, you know, like a story or anything is sort of what it does to us in a way. And so it's interesting. Yeah. Mm. You think about the way that people's sense of what's beautiful can kind of be refined. If you just have a, almost a straw man of the sort of superficial reality TV esque life where everybody where everybody's got uh, sort of like external beauty and, and expensive things and that's versus more refined sense that's like i'm thinking in terms of shows you're wondering watch a show that's about the human struggle or, or mm-hmm. and how somebody overcomes and how people are kind to each other and that you see as beautiful right that it can get more and more that what sat your you develop a palette of no like i what's really beautiful is the effect you know, right like you're saying so that's great Thanks so much, John, for that question. All right, let's take another one. This is from Kendall M. Does Swedenborg believe Jesus returned with his actual physical body, or did he believe the disciples saw his spiritual body by opening their spiritual eyes? Okay, great question. And we got some of the mechanics here, Mm -hmm. because Swedenborg is going around talking about he's seeing all these spirits and angels, and that's where we get the information we're using for this. And... He says, the way, reason I can see those is that I can, my, my spiritual eyes are open, so I'm seeing something in the spiritual world, as well as he can see stuff in the physical world, because he's got his physical eyes going. What's going on with Jesus Christ? Is he something yeah. new and, and different and above and beyond? All that. So, we will get into that right after we figure out who this new donation is from. <laughs> Kimberly, Kimberly Brands. Thank you very much We're for climbing. supporting for supporting this kind of programming. And and I was just thinking about what kind of programming is this? It's, think about the, <laughs> the range we've been on on the first few questions here. Yeah. And then to go into this one, it's just, it's, yeah. it's just a Swedenborg experience. But, so what do you think? What, well, what does he say? Yeah. I do think um, uh, Jesus was unique. That was Swedenborg's um, belief that for all of us, all of creation, all of us finite beings we do have a physical body and a spiritual body and we lose the one when we die and we embody fully the spiritual one after Thank you, death. Thank you, Julian Bristow. Oh, Much appreciated. And, um, but the, in Jesus's case, the physical body that he had in the world became divine. And so, uh, and in that way, Jesus sort of embodies or is, I mean, became infinite and so is everywhere in all levels of of the universe. I mean, just like as the infinite was beforehand, but that that going through that process, um, taking on that physical body enabled him to do a kind of work here in the world with us. But then Mm. that physical body became divine. So it's sort of not quite an either or um, Mm. like it is for us. Yeah. Well, that was some real alchemy going yeah. on, and that was really crucial because he, unlike us, the Jesus Project was to create <laughs> a, essentially like a workaround, a new pathway into heaven. That mm-hmm. was re, really reordering like everything. So it, it makes sense that you'd have some pretty amazing physics going on. I was just reading, this is totally unrelated. It just sounds like we're trying to legitimize ourselves by connecting ourselves loosely with science that doesn't relate to it. But I will say, 
I just was reading this article where they said that the International Space Station will soon be the coldest place in the known universe because they have this method of using lasers, who knows how this works, to make something really, really cold so it mm-hmm. gets close to zero degrees Kelvin. It's just above that. Um, on In gravity, though, you it's really hard to do that because gravity makes it more difficult. Oh. But up, they're bringing their stuff up to the space station, and so they're going to be able to get something so cold that, that really nowhere else that we know of is that cold. And when stuff gets that cold, the molecules actually start behaving really quantum-ish and weird. Mm. Just to say at the extremes of something, the, the, the fundamental nature of things can really change. So mm. in Jesus, mm. I'm not saying he was super cold, but something was going on <laughs> with the connection of this physical and spiritual mm. world there that's yeah. akin mm. to, yeah. to that, right? So mm. there's no, your, totally. their fake science tie-in for the. Uh, there's so many great fake science things that we could say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, something along with this that uh, is that Jesus he did he didn't return in his actual physical body. I mean, we're talking about sort of like like you say the alchemy or whatever, like just this crazy thing that happens with Jesus. But there, you know, in some um, times when he does appear to his disciples, they they don't recognize him immediately. Like something's mm-hmm. a little different. It takes some Yay, Jimmy. Jimmy touchdown. Thank you. Some little clues to help them be like, oh, we're looking at the guy who we were just with, you know, like yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there's That's there's right. sort of some evidence in the text itself that um it's not the same physical body. Something's and happened yet he invites it. is it Thomas to like yeah. touch the wounds of his hands. Yep. That sounds physical level, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, probably, maybe both, right? There's, right. There's b- both happening at different times, but grounded in this something. This is like, yeah, high-end spiritual physics of some kind. But hopefully that gives you a sense that there's a, Swedenborg is trying to describe there's a there's a method to the Jesus phenomenon just like everything else. Mm-hmm. That there's some kind of structure and order. So thanks, Kendall, M., for that question. Uh, you know what? Let's do another one. Right. Why not? You never know where these are going. It could take you to Look the coldest place in the universe. Almost, we're not even wow. quite halfway, and we're over halfway to thanks, Dean. The extra fifteen. Yeah, look at us. We might actually really have to start gearing up for this extra fifteen minutes. Oh, we'll see. There's still time for for nobody else to donate to keep us from that. Yeah. This is Matt Klein. Hey, Matt. Swedenborg hey, talks Matt. about various levels of the spiritual realm. Is it hard for those in higher levels to communicate and identify with those in lower levels? Mm. And this is interesting because Swedenborg is so. Everybody from every religion can can be on a path to heaven, and you're so connected to angels with your thoughts and feelings. But also, this this almost hierarchical striation yeah. stratification mm-hmm. of these different levels yeah. uh, of of the afterlife, a, a celestial yeah. heaven, a spiritual yeah. heaven, a natural heaven. So how how much of a hard barrier are those? And I guess if we get into a little nature, bit of the nature of what makes those different, that's okay. Yeah, so. I do remember in my. Uh, um, Seekers of Heaven translation coming across a section that's talking about this very uh, specific subset of angel types who are making the connection possible between the heavenly heaven and the spiritual heaven. Like there's these Mm, people on the border there that are making it possible for them to get together because they're they're wired a little bit differently. But this these um, the bridge people it just really appealed to me. That's awesome. I identify with bridge people. 
That's great. Yeah, I was... But I don't remember very many details about it right now. That's good. No, you've, yeah, you have no. bridged us into this okay. conversation. <laughs> well, and I do think, I think we talk about that in our show, the different kinds of angels. If mm. somebody wants to look that up, I think we touched on that. Because it was such a w- wild thing yeah. to learn about these connectors because they're, they're kind of both. They're yeah, like, yeah. They, yeah, which is so interesting. The, uh, whoa. Oh, hey, we, we met, met. goal. <laughs> okay. Hey. Woohoo. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> so it's decided. You know what? We are going to... Do an extra 15 minutes at the end. Thanks to everyone who donated. We really appreciate it. You help do make what we do possible. And you can keep donating. We can always hit more yeah. than our goal. Every dollar goes to making this stuff possible. So thanks, and everybody. So, yeah. So I do think, like, there. it's easy for us to imagine angels as being these sort of, like, far-off, untouchable, like, oh, they I couldn't possibly hang out with them or something like that. Um, and yet the angels that Swedenborg describes are, like, the opposite of that, of like the people who just make you feel so at home, even though they don't even know you or something like they just love you. And and so it's it's sort of the flip of what I think Matt is asking, where it's harder for those in the lower levels to identify and communicate with those in the higher levels. But not it's not hard for the ones in the higher levels to communicate and identify with the people in the lower levels in heaven. Like I think those the Swedenborg even says the you know, the more closely united these angels are with the Lord, and so the higher, you know, higher in heaven they are, the more they feel connected to everybody in heaven. You know, they just feel even more mm-hmm. like, oh, like, maybe they're deep in the heart, but they're so aware of the big toe, you know, or something. <laughs> like, they know what's going on and and love them. And I'm sort of thinking of an interesting analogy of the way that kids just have no idea that anything exists beyond their experience. Like I saw some great cartoon once, you know, of a, you know, just a girl. I mean, it's just the classic example of like a kid being like, you have no idea what I'm going through, mom, you know, like, but like for any parent, they've been that age before, but the kid has never been the older age or whatever. And so there's something similar like that. I think for angels where, you know, Mm. they have been through everything. And so they feel very connected to everybody. Um, Right. Yeah. Yes. And that's a good point that the any difficulty in communication that exists, which would need sort of connect your people, is not because of aloofness of right. the most high angels. Right. I right. think of it sort of because the only reason that there'd be any kind of division or anything is all for the sake of use or for doing something good. So if, if you think about, um, you know, some really, really smart, involved in their work scientists and then musicians who are really involved in what they're mm-hmm. doing. Um, if they need to work together on a project, there's going to be a, di- a little bit of a difficulty because they right. don't really speak each other's language. Even though they speak the same language, they don't know the jargon that comes from, or even more, maybe a better example is like the business types and then the researchers. And what, yeah. what's important to the business types is a little different. What's important to the researchers is a little different. They have their own worlds of jargon. They're trying to accomplish something, but they, they need, you know, facilitators or else they're going to be stepping on each other's toes because they, so I wonder it's, you know, the, the kind of thoughts you can think when you're natural and the kind of thoughts you can think when you're celestial they need help talking to each other, um, yeah. but not because the the heavenly angels are just like, well, what off? Do you like you yeah. like football? I don't like football. Yeah, <laughs> right. Football. That's right. Um, okay. So that that's. Uh, does anyone else have any further thoughts mm. on that? I mean, there's, I feel like we could talk about it forever. Mm. It's just okay. I can't let it go without saying mm-hmm. that where we are now, we think 
we're here and there's angels out there. We can sometimes feel an angel with us, and but we're down on this level. And then you're in heaven. In heaven, it's the same thing in that mm. you can mm. be in, nat- in a, like natural heaven and you have, you know, there's angels up there, right? Which they can come down, sometimes come down and have the same kind of watching over you, shepherding effect, but it's just the angels up a level, you know, yeah. up a level. And that, that even, even in the middle heaven, there, so there's this kind of arrangement where there's something you can look toward and that they're, they're providing that service for you because mm. here we can say like, I need, I need help. And you can, people have these wonderful experiences of just having this being that radiates what is to us so much love and light. Well, even those angels have angels that could come mm-hmm. to them, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. I and mean, maybe that's, that's always sort of a proxy for God is that thing that would mm-hmm. be that. At and the that appearance level. is always that they're, they're up there, they're away from us, they're far, you know, but the, but the angels who are on that higher level know actually that they're so deeply connected in with that person. Like the state of mind itself is what creates this sense of we're somehow separate when, uh, you know, Swedenborg says like our angels are, they're in our deepest feelings, you know, like they're so deeply rooted in us and angels somehow have a sense of how that communication is going on, even though we feel very distant, you know, from Yeah, which is like the Lord, the Lord is right here, knows us better than we know ourselves. We don't know. Is there any God? Yeah. Where are you? you he sure? forgot us today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't get a parking spot again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but to, and, and it's just like the kid with the parent. Yeah. It's just like, ugh, even if you, I know you're physically around, but you just do not get what's going on for me. Right. You're not letting me do the thing I want. You're at, you're nowhere near, but there, you're there. And, yeah. and actually way more aware of, yeah, sort of what's going on. Yeah. And they're, they're, Parent is thinking about the child more than the child is even thinking about themselves. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, right, right. Okay. Right. Hey, we, we are here. Guys, this, these have been great questions. We're looking forward to another half of questions. In the meantime, we have been asking for donations, and you've been gracious enough to give them. We want to show you a little clip about just what those donations do for us and why, why supporting nonprofit media like this is the, way, the thing that makes it happen. So here you go. We want the ideas and insights we cover to be available for free to anyone, anytime they need them. As a nonprofit, we depend on donor support to continue to create high quality programming. Any gift you give joins you to the central network of people in the world who make our work possible. You can deepen the significance of your gift by making it in memory or honor of someone special in your life. This could be done as a one-time gift, recurring monthly, or run as a special fundraiser for your circle of friends and family. Go to otle.causevox.com and follow the prompts to make a gift in whatever way is most meaningful for you. Your support helps the ideas in our content reach and nourish thousands of people every day around the globe. We couldn't do it without you. Give if you can, receive if you need. If we cycle through in this way, in the end, everybody wins. Chelsea's right. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you, everyone. And yeah, every so everything you put in helps us do what we do. So even though we're here in the blue, if you feel like you want to pitch in, this will go as efficiently as possible to getting the next person who maybe needs to hear what we're talking about to, to get connected to it. Okay, let's see if we can't do another question. Are we out of questions? No, Allie Lou. <laughs> will repressed trauma go on the other side or do you have to work through it? So isn't this where we get into, let's see, you go into talk therapy and they say, well, why am I afraid of this because of your parents or something? And you have to talk through it and feel it and all that. Is that something that can it stuff evaporate with the, with the body or do you always have to work your way through it? I have a little pet 
like theory about this or okay. hypothesis or something yeah. where I wonder about it, where like even the term repressed trauma, you know, any even talk therapy, all of this stuff that has really only I mean, the whole field of psychology has developed as a thing in the last you know, hundred years or something. I mean, maybe longer for psychology, but like it's accelerating, you know, more and more things are different, different um, modalities for how to support people and go through, work through stuff. I think that that's us getting closer to the spiritual world. Like the work of the spiritual world Mm. is that kind of stuff. And like more of that's being able to filter through the veil and like impact how we do things on this plane. And so um, which means that more and more people are able to do the kind of work that has just for the most, for most of human history, just been what you do once you get to the other side, you know, like, so like working through repressed trauma, like so many people have died in humanity that never had a chance to work through any, like, I mean, just lived lives of just sheer poverty and, you know, never have a chance to even think, how am I doing? You know, let me reflect on my spiritual life. (laughs) Like, not at all. And so, but because that sort of deeper spiritual work is what we do when we cross over, Mm. and that is how we understand ourselves more deeply. And um, and so, so yes, that if, like, you don't work through it here, that's exactly the sort of, like, uh, the best ever kind of intervention or, like, therapy support systems are are set up on the other side to help people work through the kind of stuff that they never got a chance to hear. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I love yeah. it. And I, I just saw Allie was in the chat and she said, woohoo, I'm famous. <laughs> yeah, that's because if you question. submit a question, I'm assuming that's why you're saying that you just got famous for something else. But if you submit a question, you too can be famous. <laughs> or if you subscribe or donate, you can be famous, famous, famous. So yeah, but that that's great. Did you have a... Well, my thought is... Um, Swedenborg talks about how our spiritual freedom is the most important thing. And even it's the most important thing to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems like some people go through traumatic experiences that affect that freedom. It actually mm. makes them not spiritually oh, yeah. free because oh, yeah. they're so yeah. messed up or they, you know, just something really is damaged in yeah. their heart and soul. And so um, that's how I imagine the the work on the other side is that we are being resp- restored mm. Mm. to our own sense of spiritual freedom. I love that. So that that's we uh, so that we become whole again, and we have a, a kind of um, integrity to ourselves, so that we can make our choices about yeah. w- where we want to be in the spiritual yeah, world and yeah. um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I have t- two examples that we've featured on this show before that, that back up your theory of that that's the kind of work that does go on in the spiritual mm-hmm. world. One is, and we have a show called Five Reunions in the Afterlife, and we opened it with a skit yeah, which is a telling yeah. of this story of, uh, just in brief, there was two brothers and, and parents, and they, they had all died, and they were meeting in the spiritual world, and one of the brothers was really an abrasive kind of personality, and the parents were struggling with him, but then by spiritual world magic... 
the brother gets reduced into being a an old like a preteen or or younger than that like a kid and in that state he can say what's on his heart which is he was jealous mm-hmm. of his younger brother who had died earlier and his parents can actually listen to what he's saying because they are not having baggage about him. Yes. And then his brother, who was like the source of all this guy's angst, comes up as an angel and says, I love you. I would give everything to you. And the guy cries. He never so cried before. Sweet. It sounds just like you're working through it. Yeah, but then yeah. also, um, this is a little less so, but we did that whole shadow puppet in some episode about this mm. woman who was a count or duchess or something like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she goes through this, basically a series of <laughs> Russian empress, actually. Russian empress. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry. I've <laughs> gravely insulted her. Her beau was yeah. a count. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So she basically goes through all the romantic interests she's had yeah. and everything and sort of works those out. Like she goes yeah. and sees, oh, this person, nope, there's nothing compatible with us. Right. This person who would like to me, there's nothing there. And then works all that out and then is in a place where she meets somebody yeah. who she really clicks with who's maybe not an empress but a count. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, it just seems like... They get like, to govern together. I, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I think you're right. I mean, it seems like that kind of stuff, even though Swedenborg didn't have the, the language or the modalities around it, it seems yeah. like he's describing in some places yeah. processes like that. It's so interesting. Allie, great question. Theory. I hope mm-hmm. you uh, use your newfound fame for good. Yes. <laughs> and, okay, let's look at the next one. This is Mackenzie King. Swedenborg explains that not only Christians can go to heaven, does the Bible contradict that in any way since most mainstream Christians believe in eternal torment mm. for non-believers? Mm. Which is, like, pretty harsh. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know? So, so what do we do with that? Like, come on, read your Bible. Why don't, why don't we read our Bibles? And, and mm. so what does Swedenborg mm. have to say about how do we end up in this place where there's, there's this mainstream belief and how does Swedenborg deal with that? Or is, are we just sort of okay, well, we don't care what the Bible says. We have our own. Yeah. It's interesting what, you know, that Christians have gotten to have that idea so strongly embedded through, I guess, several centuries of development. But that because the whole thing is you have this Jesus figure that is just butting heads against the tradition of his day, of the Judaism of that day, that, um, and I don't want to be, I'm not trying to say anything wrong about Judaism, because that's a beautiful religion, Um, but just that, uh, you know, butting against the sort of false ideas that had developed that we now butt against with Christians of today, of just people, um, you know, thinking, well, you have to do it this way, and if you don't do it this way, then you're, you're, you know, worthless to us, and you're not a part of, you know, the sort of who's in and who's out, and all this stuff, and, um, you know, so there's lots in Jesus's own teaching that challenged those ideas of of what is it really? You know, not everyone who says Lord, Lord, Lord is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Like even people, you know, um, you know, it's who you're helping, who you're show. How are you loving? How are you a neighbor? You know, the whole idea of the Samaritan helping um, the guy who's dead on the road and the priest walking by. Like that's just a perfect example of like who's the good person in this situation? You know, um, and uh, so f- I would say for the most part, the Bible, uh, I mean, to say the Bible anyway, because that's really two traditions that are like, that we hold together, this, the, the you know, sacred texts of the Jewish faith, and then these texts of the Christian faith, and they're together. And so there's, there's a wrestling going on, you know, mm. in terms of um, different phases of belief and stuff. And I just think uh, that, that people 
you know, you can't just say, does the Bible say this? It's not going to say one thing at all. It's going to force you to think about it. Right. right, right. Uh, Yes, exactly. Thank you so much, Cindy. Cindy, I mean, appreciate it. And yeah, your your point is well taken that the the Bible is not a monolith and it's not a (laughs) simple set of instructions. Yeah. Um, Do you have any? Yeah, the thing that comes to mind is... I just noticed recently that this quote, um, what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? It doesn't even say with the Lord. With the God. Yeah, yeah. right. Your God, whoever <laughs> what does, that what is. What does the Lord yeah. require yeah. of you? Do yeah. justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. So that um, would not contradict. That's something in the Bible that doesn't seem to contradict Mm-hmm. Uh, Swedenborg's view that not only Christians can go to heaven. Yeah, um, yeah that's yeah. So one yeah. thought. You, and okay. No, no you. No right, way. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I promise I'll use this this time for good. <laughs> We've anyway. got an extra fifteen minutes. Yeah. Take well, all the like, time. Basically, like let's just let put on some Netflix. <laughs> so I was gonna. Um, talk about it's in it's in some show we, we were doing so many shows that i never know which one it is but we are there's a swedenborg passage where he says that people who fall in love with a certain part of the bible a single phrase mm. they grab it and, and put that in front of their eyes and don't see all these mm. other passages and there he's talking about the that we are saved justified by faith alone mm. apart from the works of the law and they they hold that up and this is swedenborg's description they, they have it in front of their mind their their face and their mind so much that they don't notice everything carl was talking about mm-hmm. um, all this advocating for love and you, you were mentioning that at well that there's so much of that in there so so what are people grabbing onto that might lead them to that i think about probably one of the passages is jesus saying i am the way the truth and the life mm-hmm. nobody comes to the father except yes. for me mm-hmm. yes Mm-hmm. But where we would push back is, do you know who Jesus actually is? And what does it mean for Jesus is the way? You know, this is the way, walk in it. That, that, that's come to mean, well, you have to say a particular thing that is expressing a faith in the name Jesus right. Christ. But if you look at the text, it's actually the, the way that Jesus describes, you know, this is the way, walk in it, is the two great commandments, is all mm-hmm. that love. And then Swedenborg mm-hmm. breaks it down piece by piece, saying each of these words has a particular meaning, and that meaning is where you get this, you, that really, why can non-Christians go to heaven? Because non-Christians can be walking the way of Jesus. Yeah. The, the way of Jesus is loving your neighbor as yourself and loving the Lord above all, and that can be done in any context. And you can be chock full of beliefs and, and professions and church attendance records about Christianity, but are not walking that way. It's not that God is going to sit there and push you out of heaven, but you haven't developed the heaven in your Inside mind and heart. Yeah. You haven't developed it. Heaven is a very particular thing. <laughs> it is loving others over wanting to control others and loving yourself above all. So so you, if you if you do have that through whatever tradition, that's exactly, heaven. Exactly, right. If you don't have that, it doesn't matter who you believe in because you don't you're not doing the will of the of the Father. So. Yeah. Right. And I mean and that's why, you know, I mean the whole Swedenborg thing was that any any tradition is that you're dealing with a sacred text or any kind of revelation, we're just we're we're of the nature to fall into that sort of very divisive thinking and um, thinking it's us versus them and all that stuff. And so we continually need these reminders that help us that within any of these traditions, within any sacred text, you have to find, you have to be led to 
learn how to find the love in it and connect with that love mm-hmm. and have it do work in your life. And so even, mm-hmm. you know, so Swedenborg's whole thing of, you know, um, saying that the, the second coming of Jesus is through the inner set, like coming to understand what the inner sense of the word really is, you know, and that's that love, the, the, what's really going on there. So. Absolutely. Great. And I saw, um, Kujam said he's got to walk humbly with your God on a plaque over his door. Oh, nice. That's that's a great one to have there. Thanks, Mackenzie. Great question. Let's take a look at the next one here. This is Pam McGah. McGah. Should we be progressing in the afterlife or should we be progressing in this life? Mm Mm-hmm. So yes. if we just talked, you just, hey, guys, earlier this show, you were going on and on about this eternal perfectionizing mm. in the afterlife and going up levels. And uh, so can we, can we put it off? What, let's, talk, let's talk here about what are we doing here and how does that affect what we can do there? Yeah. Thinking the be here now. <laughs> <laughs> Dos, right, or something. Yeah. But just the uh, you can only be here. Now, you can't be anywhere else. <laughs> so now would probably be a good time to the be progressing. place to start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does make me think about the nature of what that, you know, we ha- I don't, we can be going along doing our day and feel very out of touch with how is this a part of the progression of my spiritual life? Yeah. You know, like, where's the good stuff or where's the, where are the signs that are showing me that things are going well or you know it can just feel like I'm just doing the daily grind or whatever and um but uh but there's that is there is still a progression happening you know like you this is uh you know divine providence is real and there's real spiritual you know the lord governs even our changes of state Swedenborg says you know like every state that we go through is is um uh (laughs) being cared for and governed by the Lord, by this love and wisdom that is um, taking care of it. And then, but so then in the afterlife that, I think we get a different experience of it. It feels different, I would Mm. imagine, because some of that, Mm. some of our, what makes it hard to see the, the, you know, spiritual work that is happening all the time becomes more apparent when you're on the other side, but that'll be then. This is now. <laughs> this is it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I, yeah, I think um, we are meant to try to develop our spiritual conscience, our, our consciousness of what we're doing in our spirit. And just what you were saying about heaven within us, are we thinking about other people? Are we only wanting to, like, have our way about everything? We want to control everything because we think we're right, and everybody should do it my way. And just how many times in a day do we have an opportunity to think about that that mm. alone? You know, lot, I, I do, lots. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, well, maybe it's fine that that gathering took place in that room, even though I thought they should have needed a bigger room. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> things like that. Just, um, mm. just, just the the tiniest little things of trying to just zoop your thought about uh, believing that the Lord's in charge, or finding a way to love somebody that you're annoyed with, or or, or appreciate somebody that you're annoyed with. Just, they're just. A million little opportunities every day to invite heaven into your heart mm. instead of like clunking along yeah. 
in mm-hmm. something that's less than heavenly. Yeah, <laughs> right. Clunk, do, clunking just happens. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, okay, so I'm not, uh, not trying to sound too zen, but we are in the afterlife. I mean, like <laughs> all the parts of us that are going there are already here, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's the same muscles we're using. when We're doing what both of you guys mm-hmm. were describing. We really are affecting our afterlife. That changes, literally changes the spirit right now. So it, it feels to me like progressing, it's, it's almost like, yeah, the framework is different and this, the framework we're in right now is, is super draining and it is you do just feel like i don't know if i'm getting anywhere i go and learn all this good sweet work stuff and i try and it was i was up for a week and now i'm way back over here and i'm worse than i used to be and how am i going to go on this show and talk about this stuff and i can't even do it so it, it does that but then again um we are also i believe actually in a position to really maximize our growth if we do it now i think about mm-hmm. um what they talk about when you're young if you invest for retirement when you're young you know like you get so much more by the end my sense is from things that Swedenborg have said that putting in the work here really pays Mm. off because it because it is harder here and it's just it's just the earlier in our development we're willing to open those doors and there is language in Swedenborg about you know that the reason our life lasts as long as it does is God is trying to wring every bit of development we Mm -hmm. he can out of this because we're always perfecting the afterlife but it sure does uh open up or expand our potential that, that somehow whatever potential we build here is the thing you expand off of yeah, right, in right, the next right, life right. so there's in my final thought is in the muppet christmas carol as we all know <laughs> which is short you could just do any story of a christmas carol when scrooge wakes up after those ghosts are yeah. scaring him and he just cannot believe that it's christmas and he has a chance to set things right now like he yeah. he understands the value of what's going on here and like all right that i can i can live right now and do all these good things if we were really tuned in, I think we would have that feeling of, mm-hmm. oh, I would not trade anything. For, I'm still on Earth, and I know what to do, and I'm going to go do it. It doesn't feel like that always, but but I think that's probably the reality is there's so much good that can be done even if we don't feel it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. thanks so much, Pam. That was great. And, oh, I, I don't know if I ever mentioned, we have a new subscriber, Bam Bam oh, one nice. z 2 I don't know if we had another one in there. If I missed you, I'm very sorry, mm-hmm. but great. And okay. I- Donations are still going up. Oh, man. Everybody, thanks so much. Let's set a new record here today. I don't remember what our old record was, but (laughs) thanks so much, everyone. Let's do the next one. This is from Lori Heerlin. Do we all have guardian angels? Mm. If so, why couldn't they save my son from suicide? Mm. So sorry. So first of all, like, thanks, Lori, for being willing to talk about that. Um, And nothing we say up here is going to be able to undo the the pain of that and we're not tr- going to be trying to say well you know think about it this way but we w- we're happy to offer mm-hmm. some thoughts mm-hmm. uh, around it so and this this gets down to this is the, a lot of people are going through stuff and how are we going to say there is this great goodness behind everything and somehow have that have any integrity in the face of just how brutal the experience of life can be and this about as bad as you can get to, to have to go through yeah. that. So does anybody have anything from from uh, life or experience or anything like that? Um, well, I guess I just, although I don't have a specific thought, but um, just to say that it makes me think of the friends that I've had that have committed suicide. And so just having been close witness to at least four 
um, that I can just think of right off the top of my head. Um, and, uh, you know, we, so I just know that we do all have guardian angels. Um, and yet people don't get saved from suicide. And there is certainly, um, a lot of, uh, trauma and stuff that happens in the world that people don't get saved from. So, but there's something, uh, so we can keep talking about it, but I guess I just wanted to start by saying like, Lori, you're suffering. I'm, I can resonate with that. And I know that that, you know, I've been, uh, you know, impacted by suicide in my own life. Yeah. And I've had friends who have committed suicide, you know, mm-hmm. and, and also have, have had loss and, and to combine those in that way is, is really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and if we were gonna, you know, sort of wax technical, but like everybody's got guardian angels, right? Mm-hmm. And and yet everything happens. We're talking about suicide, but also people get murdered, people get disease, you know, people right. get abused, all kinds of things. And so, uh, I think the promise is more like what that there is a level that is protected, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if it's not the mm-hmm. level of physical life, life. physical yeah. life. That obviously that's that's not but not protected but it's not like anybody's lost in the system like nobody yeah. was paying attention and so this thing just slipped through like there is on everybody especially people who are in that kind of need that there is this absolute care for their eternal happiness yeah but that's that actually divine providence right really is much less concerned with temporary things and, and is always looking out for everybody how do we make sure that they they can be as happy as they can be forever so even if somebody's attacked and and struggling with something that's so terrible that they feel like oh they want they're gonna end their life in that heaven is all reaching out to make sure that that we're gonna we're gonna give you the best possible future that you can have so that which again we, we're up against that it's not going to take away any of the pain of it right but right. But it's also, if anything, we can say that it's not just that, you know, people slip through the cracks, like everybody is, is looked after. Yeah. Yeah. And and Swedenborg does write about divine providence that, you know, the Lord provides for our eternal well-being. And that's something that is always being um, cared for. And the Lord doesn't uh, will for anything bad to happen, but foresees evil that will happen, you know, and can foresee things that happen and then makes preparations, like does sort of Mm. careful work of knowing how to handle, doesn't let anything that um, can happen, no matter how, you know, horrific it is from our perspective, that no evil can come about, that the Lord isn't carefully um, guiding in ways that are beyond our limited perspective, but caring for um, our eternal welfare and even turning it to good. And, um, you know, there's just that, uh, you know, our lives in this world that the, the suffering that we go through, like is the, the soil that, that, um, any goodness grows in, you know, it's just how it, even, even if it is just making a connection, you know, like if Lori's making connections with, with other people in the chat, you know, being able to, um, you know, um, build, build communities. Um, like I think of, we did a show, um, how angels take care of us when we die. And that show just reached out to the, you know, this couple that whose son had died in the terror attacks in Nice and France. And it was their show, this show combined with their 
what things that had happened um, when they went to France and learned about their son's passing, that the Lord just used our show to be right there that gave them this kind of just this like invisible, but a sense of like spiritual support. Like I'm not, you know, it might feel like you're free falling, you know, through space, but there's actually, it's not emptiness. There's like, you know, spiritual support that is, that's actually there, Mm. um, Mm. you know, and ready to sort of show up and, you know, be the next handhold for you as you're, you know, going through facing whatever it is. Cause obviously with something like this is Lori, Lori's grief as much as whatever her son's, you know, I mean, like there's, I just think there's so much love there that there's like her son went through a process, but she loves him so much that, you know, it's hard for her to even imagine what's going on, what yeah. happened for him. But there's even that love is just that symptom of, of, uh, you know, the Lord is taking care of the process somehow, even though it's, yeah, heart-wrenching. Yeah, and mm. the only, like, reasonable endpoint I feel like we could get to where we felt like, okay, everything is okay, is for someday when Lori crosses over and gets to see her son again, if he, or maybe in some kind of vision or dream or something, for him to say, like, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm okay, like, I was taken care of. Yep. And it makes me think of there was this collection of stories um, about people's spiritual experiences that we quoted on this show where there was a woman whose friend um, was a counselor for inmates in a prison and one of the inmates murdered her in the cell mm. and that she was just racked with, with anxiety about what were the last moments of her friend's life like and that her friend came to her and said, like, basically said, like, it's all right. And, and it's almost yeah. like lighten up, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And that it's a, in that moment, her gentle chiding did more to comfort me than anybody mm-hmm. could have done. Because what we really worried about is that are they okay? Is yeah. that person okay? And they'll say like you know they they are okay. And I think of another. There was a woman who had a near death experience. She she fell off her motorcycle and 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 had the you know go see the light and meet God. And she at the time was really disturbed about uh, Vietnam War was going on and a lot of people were going off and dying and she didn't understand why and she was really disturbed and the the whatever answers she got from God she was like okay I get it there's a reason now so mm. we, we will say like there's a theory that everything's all right but 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 I in confidence that at some point that it would be you know your son saying like I people are taking care of me I, yeah. I'm, I'm okay you know <clears throat> and I remember like sort of a correspondence kind of thing that Swedenborg talks about that these sorts of little spiritual truths that we can hold on to that are reflected in the natural world is like the way that a human like as soon as you get a cut the body doesn't take any time to start healing there's not a drag you know of like oh let me just sit here and be wounded for a while it immediately is starting to Mm. heal Mm. like any time that there's a wound the healing happens simultaneously you know that that the healing process begins and um and so whenever we get wounded I mean like and like the word trauma means wound and injury and stuff so like um healing is a real process and I think there's like a really sort of like almost beautiful thing that the Lord does through healing because it can be so rich with leading us deeply into love and into um like a greater sense of our connection with the Lord and with each other that like it, it really does take time, you know? And so, but to, so, you know, um, but it's always happening. And so even though like, it's not the end for her son, that, that his healing journey is Mm -hmm. continuing, never stopped, you know, it's just, it is continuing in the afterlife, but then the trauma of Lori losing her son, that healing is, 
has already started, but that doesn't mean that it's all better. Like that, mm-hmm. that you know, mm-hmm. just can take, you know, decades, li- a lifetime, but it's a, but it's a, it, it's real. Mm. Yeah. Great. So Beautiful. Lori, thanks for being willing to share mm. that. And, and thank, I see it, people in the chat, you know, um, giving her, reaching out with love and we appreciate that. And so, so thanks for entrusting us with the space to talk about this mm-hmm. right here. Um, we're going to get to another question. And Jimmy Touchdown, thank you for your second gift of the night. Ooh. Really appreciate it. Um, this is, okay, so the next question that we have is, Kitty Kitty Meow, do we have all the answers when we cross over? Do we see truth about how we were lied to by our government and the world leaders? Do we care? Do we care? Do we care? Okay. Oh, so, interesting. So there's th- I, see, I see three questions there, but let's <laughs> do them all. We're in the We've bonus the time. We're in the bonus <laughs> yeah. rounds. You guys paid for yep. it. Yep. We will answer your questions. Okay, so mm. anyone want to take on any of those mm. questions or, or all of them in, in sequence? Uh, I mean, just a little simple answer, but that Swedenborg does describe that we get some sort of a time where we just get to ask sort of all the questions we want. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I think we do get some time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Swedenborg, oh, oh, go ahead. Do about it, really. I just wonder if we care still. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> My, it it yeah. seems like there's other oh. things to focus on yeah. in the other world right. rather than the mess of this world. And yet Swedenborg does, like, there's experiences where it's people being like, what news from Earth? You That's know? true. Or there's some yeah, people right, who are sort right. of more interested. I mean, so not everybody has yeah. to care, thank goodness, you know, but <laughs> then the Lord lets the people who really do care care mm. <laughs> or something. And it seems Maybe. like often the interest that people in the afterlife have uh, – in this world is what's the quality of the spiritual life yeah, of the people yeah. in the world because that's what people bring right with them right into the spiritual world so i don't know how much you would care about the structures of power in in the physical world uh but you certainly care about how, what kind of people are are coming in and, and yeah. what that's happening is do we have all the answers when we cross over also, Swedenborg talks about when you come into your spiritual community, there, that community has a shared knowledge, which almost extends to the whole of heaven, and you get, you get, you feel like you've had that knowledge forever, mm-hmm. just by going into the aura and sphere of that. Mm-hmm. And I would think, at least by now, I mean, right now, we basically have all the answers of, of everything on the internet. Yeah, right. So there, they've got to have the internet of of real the questions we feel like don't have answers here which is kind of cool thing to think about so yeah and there's that whole like relationship with love and wisdom so that it's like the people who love a certain knowledge or truth are sort of the holders of that but then Mm -hmm. other people can share in that truth but they just sort of lose it if they don't have the love that's sort of at its core you know so it's sort of an interesting thing where we can we have access to all this knowledge, but yeah, if we if we care or if not care. is what will determine whether we hold on to any any particular um, you know have a focus of particular ideas, I guess. And the spiritual world is the world of causes. So mm. if we're going into that world, you're going to see there why the world here is like it is. Mm. I remember Swedenborg talking about. I was just reading in his journal Spiritual Experiences that they were corrupt religious leaders. And he was describing what spirits sort of have control of them and are directing them to mm. do what they do so that all of the, the stuff that good and bad affects people down here 
you, you'll be right up there with the causes of it there. So it's almost yeah. like by learning about the spiritual world, you learn more about what's going on in, in the physical world and, and sort of see, see behind the scenes. Um, and, and, not, and, and it's usually surprising. That, that Swedenborg talks about, almost nobody knows, like people who think certain, there can be people who seem very bad, but are actually good, people who seem very good, mm-hmm. but are actually bad, which yeah. is simplifying it, but anyway, a couple of thoughts yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah. Great, thanks, Kitty Kitty, and let's, uh, let's keep we it rolling. A more let's time. go to the next one. Cindy Ramirez, what happens when you have an enemy that comes to the other side? Are they kept separate, or do you have understanding that makes you no longer mm. enemies? So, Think of an enemy that you have. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Too so many what, to count. But, yeah. no. so what, what happened? But it is does seem like if we're talking about getting working through things, yeah, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, there's there's things that go on, and can they all be diffused, or or what what mechanisms prevent or enable the the moving forward with that? Yeah, I just think about how it's all determined by usefulness. Um, what's What's going to be of use? Jimmy, touchdown, oh, third another. gift. Jimmy, Whoa. thanks, man. Um, are they kept separate, or do you like? Yeah, will it will it be useful to your spiritual development, mm. to their spiritual development, to, for you to come together and and like have some kind of moderation or some kind of right um, process so that you can understand why you didn't get along or. Yeah. Would it be useful? Yeah, Curtis was mentioning that story that we showcased in Five Reunions in the Afterlife of that couple that um, it's sort of this, it's sort of interesting that it gives such an extended kind of treatment of it, but they really do, their paths cross like three or four times before they like really the sort Russian of come Empress. together. Yeah, the yeah. Russian Empress and the Count de la Gardie. And they, um, but so even, that's like a beautiful example of, two people coming together like that that are not enemies but so i feel like there's a similar care to you know paths crossing only when it's useful like mm-hmm. you say and if um and just as, like i mean swedenborg does say that yeah he has he does witness um enemies or what you could say are enemies um you know somebody who's out to kill somebody else or whatever was in the world or something um coming having their paths cross, but then, uh, but then also talks a lot about things being very separate, you know, and evil, even all of hell as the enemy of heaven is mm-hmm. <laughs> kept very right, right. Dis, uh, distinctly Boundaries. separate. Yeah. yeah. So that they can't, um, interfere. Uh, I mean, they can't even enter heaven, but even have their sphere sort of interfere with it only in the most highly regulated way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here we would have, um, you would have uh, enemies, people are against each other, and you experience very similar conditions regardless of what's in your heart. So you can have somebody who is genuinely, you're not antagonizing them, but they're coming after you with blazing hatred and all this sort of stuff. And But they have a physical body, you have a physical body, and, and you basically operate by the same rules. But in the afterlife, if you're if one person is, is not being motivated by hell and the other one is that mm. drastically changes the conditions yeah. under which you are. I mean we we've talked recently mm. about um the these scenarios where there are people who have murdered 
each other or one murdered the other one and they meet up in the afterlife and depending on what motivated each of them so there's right. some where the per person who was killed didn't have any animosity didn't know the the murderer and so the murderer is is tormented by this that they did it and that they they when they're confronted with the person they had killed they're they're you know exposed for that but the person who was killed is is really not bound up and it. it's just kind yeah. of like well, i'm over here they don't seem to be under any threat or anything like right. that so it it really has to do with what's the motivator and swedenborg does make this interesting comment about um despising people for for business reasons that if if you there, there can be disagreements that are just like oh, i have this theory about it you have right. that theory and, and it's not that either of them are evil and not that they hate but they just d disagree they just butt right. heads and yeah. that, that he says that's easily dispelled in the afterlife yeah because it yeah. doesn't come from an actual good versus evil yeah mm. right good kind points. of contempt good point and there's a lot of that going on a lot you think you know in heaven i mean just like the different communities different ways just like ideas can be so uh they can seem so opposite to each other, and yet they both maybe are. There's some goodness in there, yeah, you know, but right. just like hard to. Right. That's interesting. To think about. Okay. Um, so let's just do one more. We got oh, time. Right. Yeah. Let's let's do a quickie. One more. Here we go. <laughs> maybe <laughs> we'll get over 130. Does Swedenborg <laughs> ever mention animals, specifically family pets, going to the afterlife? Well, that's an easy one. Uh, uh, not really. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't. Uh, he didn't really talk about. I don't think you ever pets. mentioned pets. There's, no. It wasn't even like. We we looked up this thing like the he first. He mentions animals, but not pets. Yes, yeah. yes, Fam family pets. That there there wasn't even family pets in the same way in oh, seventeen right. in that day and age forty. Yeah. Like it, I remember reading this thing about the first like lost dog ad happened at a certain time, you know, because it just wasn't people didn't think of things. We that weren't way. as spiritually enlightened. Yeah, we, <laughs> no, we, I mean, yeah. So, so, but, but not the concept of pets. That's that's something where he doesn't. There, there's not like a super satisfying answer. We did an episode yeah. uh, on animals and and what you know how all the kinds of animals that show up in afterlife, which is called. Um, are there animals in the afterlife? It's a pretty good title for it. So, <laughs> so go check that out, um, and and uh, and go in there. But but anybody have any any theories or feelings about that? Yeah. Well, I think basically what Swedenborg says about animals is that they're reflections of our own feelings, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And so. Um, I can imagine that maybe that would take the form of some kind of family pet, but I'm not a pet person, so I don't feel yeah. as if I can talk about it. Sure. Well, something that, this is, <laughs> that that may ring a bell in my mind is that the experience of having a pet, and this is why it is maybe more spiritually enlightened, another theory or something, is just that uh, the connection that people have with their pets is, you could say, a reflection of the even more intense and strong connection that angels have with the animals that are around them in the afterlife because they're so much so that angels feel that they are an extension of themselves you know mm. that they they really are Swedenborg even describes seeing certain spirits where they look like a person but then like this animal and then like that animal because you just you really are the beings that are around you um even though those those animals I mean and they're specific you know like uh Lands They're substantial, yeah, and so it's not just sort of an apparition, you know, an illusion or something, but that that the connection you have with the animals that are around you in the afterlife is pro is like probably even more so than the the strong sense of identity that people feel like they have with, with their, their pets, pets, you know, of like this is my 
Bond. Maybe. I don't know. That's my, that's yeah. a thought. <clears throat> but that's, I mean, Swedenborg does say that about the meaning, uh, the value. Yeah. Right. I got to think this over not so long ago. So I have a cat that passed away. Mm. Yeah, he was 19, 18 or 19. We're not mm. exactly sure. He's adopted. And so I had a lot of thinking about this. And something that occurred to me later was that, yeah, so animals, Swedenborg talks about animals as being affections embodied. And that got me thinking of, well, what affection is my cat? Because you can just think, oh, it's all just general, but providence is in every detail. Hey, Jimmy Touchdown. Go, Jimmy Touchdown going for a record of individual donors. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, the, it's, divine providence is in every detail. So the fact that that particular animal ends up in my life, mm -hmm. right? So what is that? animal mm -hmm. an embodiment of and if you have an animal that's an embodiment of a of something that's your your feeling but our feelings are a particular part of god that streams through us so it could well mm -hmm. be that providence is leading particular embodiments of particular feelings to the people who also share in those feelings so it could well be that there is you know that there's a reason there's a there's a connection between you and whichever animals providence is bringing in you know because people are loving so much these little animals and you mm -hmm. do feel like yeah they, they they you just when you think about what would be happiness you just you just want them to be running around up there you know you just want them to be happy and 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 free and not sick and so there's got to be something there's no way that god isn't understanding that or isn't mm -hmm. isn't mm -hmm. behind that so I think the answer will will surprise and satisfy us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever right. it is. yeah. Okay, it. hey, that's nine fifteen. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much. Uh, this has been another great episode. And thanks so much to the panel yep. for getting to do it. Hey, and so thanks for, for everyone who's donated. And to show you that we're serious uh, yeah, about yeah. that, we are going to go on to what we're going to be doing in the next week here. Shoot, I lost my little thing. Okay, <laughs> so... Uh, you guys talk for a second while I fix it. All right. Uh, what we're going to be doing this week? What, what do you know about it, Joe? There Lots it is. Lots of things coming up. Okay. So now I fixed it. That was easy. So <laughs> uh, coming up on this channel, uh, we are, first of all, like and subscribe if I didn't say that already. Uh, that Click the bell. You know, that, that will really get you those notifications. Liking helps the algorithm. Then coming up. This Thursday and Saturday, we have our show, News from Heaven. And on Thursday, we're gonna, our, the show title is The Arrangement of the Heavens and the Hells Underwent Changes Due to Judgments. Just pushing that character limit there. But a fascinating <laughs> uh, subject in it. itself. On Saturday, here's when the sun will go dark and the moon will not shed light. That's the title of so it on Saturday. Mm. This getting into the biblical imagery that people are asking about here. What do you mean the sun's going to go dark in the right. moon? Is that about the end of the physical earth? Then in a short clips world, we had a poll that we took from all of you, and you said some heart, some ways to diffuse heart judgmental thoughts. Mm. And then what does Swedenborg say about money? So Wednesday and Friday, we'll be having clips about those very things. Next Monday, we our finale, right, of our yeah. Swedenborg and Life series. Mm -hmm. This one is called what, what Happens After You Die. Yeah, and this one is What Happens to Your Mind When You Die. And it, as we alluded to here, is it something you've been working on already? And then the following Monday, we're doing Swedenborg and Life Live, The Twelve Disciples 
in us. Again, what are why are these cool. why are these what's Jesus? What are the disciples? What does it mean that's universal and permanent? That's the kind of stuff we get into here. Thanks so much. We had $129 raised from six Thank brave you, donors. Everybody. Thank you everyone. Hopefully you go out into your week taking some of these concepts with you and they they do some good. Thanks Chelsea. Yep. Thanks, Cara. Yeah, thanks. Great to get to so chat fun. with you. It is thanks, great. Thanks, Cara, and moderating. Thanks, all of you in the chat. If you're getting here uh, after the show's ended, just leave your comments and, and your thoughts there, and we'll get to them, and we love chatting with you. See ya. Bye.